and welcome to the Vicar's Watch Dibley. The podcast where three priests link our stories with those of a Reverend Geraldine Granger and other TV vicars. I'm Kate. I'm Jenny. And I'm Ruthie. This episode, we have watched a different series. Mm. So we have watched a little bit of Bally Kiss Angel. And we talk about that alongside the comic relief episode, Bally Kiss Dibley. How lovely to see you all today, and hello to all our lovely listeners. Hello! Hello. How are we all doing today? Very good. Very good. I I just absolutely told a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Yeah, we both just came out there like, yeah, we're so good. We're having such a great time. So good. No, absolutely absolutely not. not. (gasps) Snap. What's that thing you say when you say something at the same time? Um, Jinx. Jinx. Oh, yeah, Jinx. You can't speak Uh, until I say your full name three times and then do a dance twist around. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not about that life, don't worry. Yeah, Yeah, we're feeling a bit down in the dumps today. So if we sound really miserable in this recording, sorry. (laughs) We'll try to cheer up. Why don't we talk about something that we've all loved this week? Because sometimes looking at the bright side of life does help us when we're in the dark. One thing that I've loved this week is I played the new Monkey Island game. And this is going to go right over (laughs) Jenny and Ruthie's heads. But Monkey Island is a point and click adventure game. And it's like the hallmark of this type of game. It's really good. I've always loved the series. And I played the new one that was released and I really enjoyed it. So that's something I liked. It's about mm. it's about pirates. Mm. And, um, it's got lots Pirate of monkeys. What yeah. do you mean when you say a point and click game? Is it like mouse? A, a, computer yeah, so and a point mouse. and click adventure is um, you explore an environment and you click around the environment to discover mm. things. And you're, you're solving puzzles. There's a story. There's quite a lot of jokes in it. And it's like... The stereotype of a genre is that you collect everything you find and solutions to puzzles are you've got to combine random stuff you find together. Um, oh, cool. And, and you kind of have to do a little bit of lateral thinking. And yeah, it's generally really fun. There's a good storyline element to it. And um, yeah, I really mm. enjoy it. As a point and click adventure. Oh, I like okay. that. That that might have just lifted my gaze, to be honest, because my good, this may sum up like the kind of week that I've had, was going to be the tiny candle burning in front of me that's like nearly run out, but smells Ooh. absolutely divine. It's Aww. like a Yankee candle, and I was like, no, that's too sad. And then I no, thought... No, that's not too sad. Well, this, like, is, this is the, this little is the journey. Things. <laughs> the tiny candles. And then I thought, well, actually, no, Gwillian seashells have a, a new praline recipe, Ooh. and I tasted it, and it's really good. So I was like, maybe I could do that. Yeah. And then I thought, Kate, okay, when you said about your point and click adventure, I actually went to an escape room at the weekend, my friend's hand oh, cool. and it was amazing it's the second mm. one I've done and I had so much fun like I'm not a logical rational kind of person mm. but we had so much fun so um for all of you those that haven't you know tried them before I'd highly recommend mm. it was really good the one we went to is in like Guildford I think um oh, yeah yeah really they're everywhere recommended. now aren't yeah, they yeah taking over the world do you know what I keep seeing uh, an escape room type of thing um 
But for Christmas, a nativity-themed oh. escape room keeps appearing on my news feed as this is a really good thing for youth. So, um, yeah. What, is it a physical one or a game one? It's like something that you order and it's a game that you would play, but it's not like you go somewhere, sure. but it's something that you could do with your youth group or your church or with friends or something like that. Oh, that so sounds like, amazing. Ah, we should that do sounds it. Cool. We should do it. The three of us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well up for that. Do you have a good um, Ruth? Yeah, I, as me and Jenny have said, actually, we I've had quite a difficult week and it's been quite tricky for family as well. And so it's been interesting. So it, for me, it's going to be a week of just the little things that mm. have got me through stuff. Um, so things like, uh, I think when we recorded our Remembrance Day episode... I wasn't expecting to do any Remembrance Day services Mm. and then I did three. (laughs) So that was suddenly a bit manic. But that was really, really lovely as well, doing Mm. all that kind of stuff. And I was quite glad that we recorded that episode, to be honest, because um, it gave me more things to talk about. So that was a really good thing. And I've Mm. just come back from, um, I'm part of a group called Leading Your Church into Growth. Mm. Um, And they are just a fantastic bunch of people. And you know when you, I think we're going to get onto this later on in the episode, but being with other people who get it, and mm. um, lots of us are clergy, um, not all of us though, and just being with people who get it and sitting in the pub afterwards and just having a chat and a gym wag and they're just a fabulous bunch of people. Uh, so that has yeah. been a really good thing that I've done good. this week. And I love that. Talking about mm. remembrance, we're afraid we need to answer the confessional booth, don't we? <laughs> we <laughs> do, <laughs> indeed. And I... I'm sure there's other things that have come up in confessional that we've just kind of forgotten about. But I just remembered this one is that me and Kate just got so excited chatting away that we forgot that Armistice Day, Remembrance Day is on the 11th because of World War One, not World War Two, which is what we said. Um, And so, whoops, we're sorry. Um, We can't. uh, I mean, I didn't do history past I'm not sure I even did it for GCSE. So it's something I know. It's just yeah. in the moment. It's one of those things that we just forgot. flies away from my brain. So yeah, I, sorry I can, about that. Please absolve us. I can literally yes. feel the absolution coming from our listeners <laughs> near and far. It's just flooding in, like guys, bless you, bless you, bless you. The and, Lord sets you free, loves you. Talking and, about confessional, things. yeah, that's a perfect lean into what we're doing today, isn't it, Jenny? Yeah, I am excited about today because Caitlin, ages and ages and ages ago, you mentioned to us when we were going through mm. other TV vicars that we might like to talk about uh, the the vicar from or vicars, uh, the plethora of clergy from the TV show Bally Kiss Angel. If you haven't heard of it, don't worry, you're in good company. I hadn't heard of it we at hadn't. all. No, not a single <laughs> drop. Um, but actually, it turns out it's quite popular. Um, I think it started filming in around 1996, all the way through to 2001, and spans across six series. Um, it kind of features a Catholic priest moving into uh, a new kind of benefice, I suppose, um, and the kind of ups and downs he goes on. Now, I personally have only watched the first episode, so all of my knowledge <laughs> and thoughts comes from just that. But because yeah. of that, uh, we wanted to also watch. In fact, the thing that triggered our watching of this, really, and interrupt me if I get this wrong, of course, is that, of course, there's a special of the Vicar of Dibley called Bally Kiss Dibley, playing on Bally Kiss Angel, mm-hmm. uh, where the Vicar of Dibley then meets this priest who moves into the benefice, so Father Clifford. So today we're going to be looking at that uh, kind of, I suppose, episode in a bit more detail. It's only, is it what, 
10 minutes long, I think, that special episode for Comic yeah, Relief. Yeah, it wasn't long at all. So it's a quick dive in, but there's so much that I think that's come out of the first episode of Ballykiss Angel. And mm. uh, and yeah, so much we want to bring out of that special episode as well with our beloved Geraldine. Yeah, yeah. so we're going to first of all talk about that. Well, we've watched one episode mm. of Ballykiss Angel uh, and talk a little bit about that because there's parallels with previous things that we've talked mm. about and then talk about this Comic Relief special as well. And... One of the big obvious contrasts that we could talk about with Ballykiss Angel is it's set in Ireland with Catholic mm. priests. And we have already talked about Father Ted. Although uh, the main character, the main priest in the first episode is actually English. Yeah. He's come over from Manchester, I think it was. Manchester. Oh. Oi, oi, oi. And um, he's come over, so there's another. <laughs> Sorry, Mancunians, I'm just being a bit racist. <laughs> um, there's a there's a whole cultural kind of divide mm. between them and the, the first person uh, that he interacts with for a long time is a bit like, all oh, right, mm. hello, who are you? You're just coming over here and trying to understand us and, and stuff like that. Mm. So Father Peter Clifford mm. is kind of our key clergy person in this episode. And yes. uh, what did you what did you make of him? And what did you make of the first episode as a whole? Yeah, so this was my first time watching an episode of Bally Kiss Angel again. I was aware of it, but had never watched it. I just knew it existed. Um, I really liked it. I think one of the main differences between this and Father Ted and Vicar of Dibley is it's more of a dramedy than a comedy. There's comedic mm. elements to it, but it isn't that kind of fast-paced jokes comedy that you get with Father Ted and Vicar of Dibley. And I, think I didn't laugh much, if yeah. at all, in this episode. <laughs> yeah. It's more of a focus on the relationships between the church and the community, and I think mm. particularly the tensions that there are between um, kind of Father Peter being English coming into Ireland and... Um, I think also Assumpter, who's the other main character, who is the landlady of a local pub. She's also, I think, feeling a lot of hurt in relation to the church as yeah. well. Um, Great aim as well. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't come across yeah. that before. I think that's an interesting thing is the set up for episode mm. one of Ballykiss Angel actually did give me some feels in, de- in terms of comparing it to episode one of the Vicar of Dibley with immediate kind of not necessarily love interest we don't necessarily see any of Geraldine's love interest in episode one I don't Mm. think um but that kind of whole someone comes into the parish that's not really wanted and immediately you're picking up on all this kind of like background feelings Mm. and uh things like that the thing that was very different for me when Father Clifford moved into the parish is we saw him in his ordinary wear for a long time for like a good like 10 minutes of the um, around hour long episode he just looks like a normal guy and you're kind of watching this dude on a bus and then he's mm. he's like, oh, I don't want to get the bus. I'd rather walk. And I'm thinking, mm. oh, no, no, no wait, in wait, retrospect. Jenny, he didn't say it yeah. that quickly, did he? <laughs> no, he, he didn't say anything quickly. <laughs> we, we all agreed before recording this, like the way he speaks is something a bit more like this. I, Which, I quite like walking. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I'll take the bus. Yeah. I have to say though, I was like, if I lived my life like cut down half the speed that I do, I might be a more mm. 
gracious person of peace instead of like, <laughs> this hyperactive little whizzy nut. Um, but, but yeah, whereas I'm, like, I'm one of those people who, mm-hmm. if you send me WhatsApp voice messages and you're taking too long, I'll, I'll, I'll listen I will to them double them at time double you. speed. Double speed. <laughs> I need to confess, <laughs> I did end up speeding the episode up. I was a little bit short for time <laughs> and I was having problems that. like with um technology and I was like, I just need to listen, I just need to watch oh, this really man. quickly. He does yeah. speak slowly. But watching him in re- like thinking about mm. the character in retrospect, I was like, Oh, that's such a vicar thing to do. To arrive like undercover, you know, to do like a holy mm. pilgrimage from three miles out of the parish to like walk in and be like, Hey God, what you've got mm. ready for me. And already in episode one I feel like he's trying to get the parish on his side. Like, he doesn't let on that the confessional tumbled off the truck and down the hill. By the way, mm. this is massive spoilers for anyone who's <laughs> thinking of watching the first episode. So episode one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's prepare yeah, you. Just prepare yeah. you. Just prepare you. Um, it came out a long time ago. It came out a <laughs> long true. time ago. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, it came out. So mm. I would have been six years old when it came out. Yeah, so it's so weird to think it was like... I don't know, reviewing it. Anyway, mm. um, so yeah, I think in retrospect as a character, I actually quite like him so far. Mm. I think he's made a good first impression and I can, I'm can, i sort of seeing his heart, which is nice, which made me think, yeah, I don't know, I don't want to give it away too much, but I wonder if I'll be seeing more of Father Clifford. That sounds mm. weird. I just mean I want to watch <laughs> more episodes. <laughs> Romantically or? <laughs> Absolutely not. So one thing I found really interesting about... This episode was a setup of the parish priest, who is um, Father McAnally, who I think, from what I could work out from this episode, um, is kind of like he is a the what we would call the priest in charge, um, or I guess team vicar. Yeah, um, and yeah, then he has yeah. priests in these other churches in his parish who might be curate. In like the old sense of a word, as someone who's I, sharing the cure of souls. This is where we need someone who is is Roman Catholic mm. um, and can inform us as to is this usual practice of you know you've got a boss in charge and then you've got extra priests as well. Mm. And also, could they let us know if this is a regular thing that you just turn up to a parish without visiting it and just yes. move in immediately? Well, because yeah. that's weird. And without knowing where you're going to be living or like, yeah. where's all his stuff? Yeah, he oh, just turns true. up with a rucksack. I mean, yeah, Geraldine only turns up with a suitcase in that first episode and no one knows she's coming and she clearly hasn't visited. But that's, like, played for a really quick gag. Mm. Where if this is a drama series, you need the build-up. Yeah. Or just the, the mm. you know, someone just saying, oh, I recognise you. I know, mm. Yeah, the English person's back kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's, I mean, and then... Also happening in this episode, you've got this subplot of the confessional booth, um, and this there's this guy who wheels and deals around a village and has bought the um, the presbytery. The, the... It's a super fancy confessional. Yeah, um, but yeah, he he owns a house that Father Clifford lives oh, yes. in. Um, um, mm. Brian Quigley uh, is the landlord, and but he's also cut a deal with Rome to get these super, super fancy confessional booths, um, <laughs> which have electric doors, leather seats, and a fax machine. Mm. And it's it's a shame, really, mm. because I feel like Father Clifford doesn't want it, and he tries to do the right thing with mm. saying, no, we don't need it. 
And then, like you say, Father Frank is pro. The community seemed to be like, well, maybe. And then mm. I felt really sorry for him because he's kind of, he's made to sort of try and defend it to a news reporter. Oh, no. So that's like another whole storyline going on, isn't it? Um, mm. Like, come on, be, you know, defend your church. Like, tell us why this mm. is such a good thing. One of the, the key things that happens in this episode is about the confessional mm-hmm. that appears and, and the swanky one, and there's lots of things to do with it. But we don't know enough about mm. confessional at the moment in order to talk about it properly. We've not been able to do the research. But I think, and we're going to make a, a contrast and, and comparison with this person in a bit, that mm. actually we might research it more and look into it because we're hoping at some point in the future to do an episode where we talk about the hot priest in Fleabag. And there's oh, a yeah. really key scene in that TV series with a confessional. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we get to that point, yeah. we will go away mm-hmm. and do our research yeah. and talk about it properly. Yeah. Yeah. On, a, on a much more frivolous note about that confessional booth, though, you know what? I can sympathise with the priest having a comfy seat because yeah. those clergy <laughs> I know who do formal confession in a confessional booth, they will set times and they'll be sat in that booth for quite a while for yeah. anyone to come and drop in so actually the priest i'd want a comfy seat maybe a snack machine in there as well. <laughs> a little vending machine <laughs> little fridge kettle <gasps> oh coffee mm. Nespresso yeah. machine. but not a fax machine i feel that that's um disruptive is that you just fax in your sins <laughs> that's you know, so old school to work out dear, what possible dear. scenario you'd need a fax machine I wonder if that's like the tiny bit. Is that the tiny bit of comedy that's coming oh, out yeah, in this? Or the are there yeah. confessionals that do have fax machines? We should research we that. We should research as well. Let <laughs> Just us in know. Case. If, you, if you are into um, ultra modern, um, high tech confessional booths, let us know. Yeah, be in touch. There's got to be, be like a website touch. online and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Mm. Mm. so one thing that kind of has come up quite a lot in this episode that we wanted to talk about is the kind of romanticizing of clergy and particularly of catholic clergy Mm. um which seems to be well from the spoilers that we've read of what happens in the future Mm. in this episode and talking about fleabag again Mm. that's a big thing um of Romanticising Catholic clergy as the kind of forbidden fruit. Ooh. And di- I mean, did you find Peter hot? He was conventionally attractive. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, I actually just, I think that the only reason I would say yes is because he appears to be a good egg. Like he keeps yeah. secrets for those who he should keep secrets for. He's gutted when he doesn't make it to give the last rites in time. Like he's got a good soul. Mm. He doesn't get angry about anything. He doesn't mind asking the bigger questions and he's God-focused. And so because yeah. of those things, I would say, yes, he's got some things going for him that's good. Oh, Jenny, you're just much better than me yeah. that's just looking at him and going, mm, is he hot? Not and you're actually th- looking at the soul and going, that's just that's, that's, the, yeah, that's, that's the bit. That's the bit that's sexy. <laughs> he he what, seemed what? a little bit... Sexy soul. I don't know. He... We, I, I feel like we didn't see much of his character. Like, maybe mm. in future episodes we get to know him more, but he just felt a little bit... Did he feel a little bit bland? Yeah, I was trying to avoid the word bland. <laughs> the Reverend Bland. <laughs> he felt a bit like a bland. Not Ugh. a wet blanket, but, like, he was just neither here nor there. A little bit pale. Sense. A little bit like a white A4 plane. Like, what, what, I want to know, what are you passionate about, Father Peter? 
Yeah, where yeah. Interested. well, I think that we might see perhaps where they come out. Mm. But I, I have to say, coming back to that scene again, there's a scene where it's played that he doesn't have transport, he doesn't have to drive. Mm. He gets a call in the middle of the night to go out to do the last rites to somebody, and he tries, bless him, first of all, to steal a motorbike. Not great, although he's technically his anyway. Blah blah blah. Anyway, he ends up waking up a sumpter by knocking mm. on the door late at night, and she drives him. And he's like just gutted that he hasn't made it in time. And she's yeah. like, yeah, what does difference does 10 minutes make? And he talks about the difference that it made to his wife, who is absolutely mm. gutted that, you know, he's turned up and he's late. And actually you get to see something of his heart for ministry, which is really yeah. exciting. And that's the bit that makes me interested in this mm. as a as a program that's clergy based. Yeah. Because mm. there is something really wonderful that I'm discovering as I'm watching more Vicar of Dibley, Rev, Bit of Father Ted, mm. Balikus Angel is that now this might be quite sad so bear with me <laughs> but i i when i'm watching on the screen i'm like oh you get it i feel mm. like i'm watching a friend or i'm like yes this yeah. is this is it this is so true or like not all of it but parts of it like i'm i'm i think i mentioned maybe last episode or the one before i'm rewatching rev again and i it's it's actually feeding my soul i'm like yes mm. i get that yeah. Um, yeah. so there's something about that that I find really exciting and there are days when I get home from a day of working and I go oh yeah I can't bear watching anything like that but then there are those times when I'm like <laughs> oh yes 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 I'm amongst mm. people that get it do you yeah. guys feel that or is it just me am I yeah. a weirdo I'm, I think there's a degree of that we we have definitely formed a parasocial relationship with mm. Geraldine Granger well that's a nice word a what does parasocial mean Ooh, um, parasocial baby. relationships are one-sided um, relationships often <laughs> often with someone who is um a celebrity or a fictional character are you suggesting it's true, it's true yeah that geraldine isn't really our friend very often you see it a lot with um social media people you know influencers yeah. where um you learn about a lot about their lives or you feel like you know them and you know like intimate stuff about them but they don't know you and you don't really know them yeah. Um, that's a Stacey Solomon. I'm sure that Stacey Solomon and I would be oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, um... <laughs> I think it depends on how well researched mm. a series is. So things like Rev, um, it it definitely does mm. that because there was a lot of research into it, and I think all of us know mm. clergy who were asked yeah. questions about it, and therefore it, it relates to it better because people have done the research mm. and the homework. Mm. I think if people are just doing stuff and they haven't actually mm. thought about how does actually a clergy person think and, and work mm. and why is this stuff important to them, um, then it doesn't work mm. in the same way. True. That's true. And I think mm. coming back to a common theme across like mm. those different TV programs with romanticising the clergy is actually mm. what's hilarious about mm. Ballykiss Angel, sorry, Ballykiss Dibley, is that the only person romanticising <laughs> Father Clifford is our beloved Geraldine. <laughs> like, let's just face yeah. facts here for yeah. a second. And actually, and I didn't think in Ballykiss Angel, obviously there was a thing that he was a young, single, eligible mm. man who was relatively attractive and mysterious maybe mm. um and had a good soul but um that wasn't really no one was going wow look at the new vicar he's a bit of a looker did i catch in the Ballykiss angel episode um in the immediately after a sumpter had dropped father peter off and she was talking to neve neve was uh, was saying something they they had an exchange and i'm pretty sure a sumpter indicated that 
she'd really she was really liking Father Peter and then she discovered he was a Catholic priest and isn't that her life? Or did that did my brain just add that whole load of subtext to their con- conversation? I think there's a su- suggested sexual mm. tension. I think it's immediately built up that that's going to become mm. a, a thing later on. But no, yeah, I think you're right. I can't mm. remember. I think that he, Father Clifford, reveals he's the new priest in the car. So there's yeah. no time for her to say, ooh, or like catch some feels, if you will. Well, no, I think she picks him up and they're having, they are kind of, vibing oh i see because she's like are you, are you gonna live here or like, yeah are you maybe visiting? she's like oh a single young man has moved to the village maybe Ooh, but just seems like a bit of a badass to me i don't think she's a sort oh, of person yeah. that would like no. i would i before i met my lovely husband of course i would meet someone and be like oh i wonder if this could be a thing mm. literally like almost actually is that appropriate to say well it is i'm just a romantic person i mm. over romanticize things especially when i you know haven't mm. met my beloved yet so I wonder if maybe she's like that, but I don't get that vibe from her. To me, she feels like someone who's like, I'm not going to take anything from anyone. And I'm not, I'm not here for a relationship. I'm here to grow my business. I'm here to work hard. I'm here to love my community. Duh, 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 duh. But that could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, for, so for a sumpter, Father Peter being a Catholic priest is a turnoff. Big time. Um, but what do we think? The thing is about Catholic priests. Why are they so romanticised? Because you have, like, there's that calendar of hot priests that comes out of yeah. Rome, isn't there? Or is yeah, it, like, we've talked about that before, haven't we? And, <laughs> and there's this trope, like, we see in Fleabag, and I think we see quite a lot of the seduction of the Catholic priest. I think I know what it is, right? Because I was just thinking, imagine if it was a calendar of hot physicists. Wouldn't have the same appeal, right? A calendar of hot butchers. Wouldn't necessarily have the same appeal. I think it's the, I think it's, it's for people like me that are sexually attracted to high moral code. <gasps> you see, Ooh. I thought it was, but, <laughs> sorry, I didn't, I'm You're not suggesting pushing it aside. The um, butchers are immoral. <laughs> But oh, sorry, I, everybody. I thought that it's... <laughs> the, so you know how, like, in romance fiction, there's this trope of, like, soulmates or love at first sight or being the one person who the bad boy will love or, like, yeah, I love commit that trope. to. Um, <laughs> is it a sense of being... The romantic dream is, I am the one woman who this man will like mm, he'll turn yeah. aside all this like his commitment not to love women because he loves me so much uh, he will put aside his priesthood for me like is uh, that a thing yeah i think it yeah. is but i think that's a disappointing road yeah. to go down just for all our listeners who are in yeah. who like me are romanticizing and have who you know mm. i think that is a trope for films but not for real life it's interesting because i i've known um when i was growing up um, my dad was an archdeacon and we lived in the cathedral close and someone in the cathedral chapter was a ha- former catholic monk and his wife was a former catholic nun um, <gasps> yeah you hear these stories don't you um, so there are people who and there is occasionally you have oh. catholic priests who have moved to the anglican church because they fell in love Mm. So it's it's not that it doesn't happen. It's just it's really interesting that it's so so romanticized. Mm. It's like, like it's really rare for it to happen. Yeah. 
just thinking about all the novels I read now with rakes in them. Yeah. Not as in like gardening rakes. It's like the inverse of the scoundrel rake. Um, yeah. So what do you mean? I don't get it. What's a scoundrel as, rake? Like a, a womaniser mm. in kind of regency <gasps> yeah. speak. You'd yeah. Oh, really? Someone as a, as a rake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you meant like a so sexy gardener. In, um, <laughs> like a garden like, rake. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, garden Like with rakes. the shirt unbuttoned as the wind yeah. like oh, we know Mrs. our picture Chatterley. for this week. <laughs> <laughs> but like in Bridgerton, the um, uh, the first series of that, um, uh, Simon's described as a rake. Mm. And, uh, oh. you know, just a, just a bad boy. Gosh, I've never picked up on that language before. Intrigulant. Mm. That's not a word, by the way. <laughs> Think if we're, if we're thinking of words, intrigulant is not one. Neither is je agree. It doesn't mean mm. I agree in French. I once, <laughs> My friend actually used it in her oral exam in like year 10 because she thought it was actual French because I just said it all the time. I'm really sorry to say, guys, it's not. Mm. So, but, um, yeah. Anyway, we're we're wittering on a little bit. Shall we move on to start talking about yes. the comic relief episode? So this was released mm. in 1997 um, mm. as part of the comic relief. I guess we call it a telethon. It's um, a, f- a televised fundraising event in England, raising money, um, and there's usually specials for popular shows. Um, yeah. And this one was Vicar of Dibley. In fact, and there's lots of Vicar of Dibley comic relief episode specials. Yeah. Um, this is the first of them. Um, oh, is it the first one? This is the first one. Oh, that's and good to know. I think doing what we'd all want to do, which is if there's two very popular TV shows about vicars on the on the BBC, let's bring them together. What happens yeah. when Geraldine and Peter meet? And as a sidebar, um, this. Comic relief episode Bally Kiss Dibley confirms that not only are Bally Kiss Angel and the Vicar of Dibley in the same universe, but also Father Ted, because Bally Kiss Angel also has a crossover episode mm. with Father Ted. Yeah. So well, they know. appear in a dream in the oh. in the Christmassy one. So either um, the Christmassy Father Ted episode. So. Yeah, I oh. Oh, so I mean, mm. so is Everything's Valley Angel a TV show in Father Ted? In which yeah. case, Vicar of Dibley would be a TV show in Father Ted. Oh my goodness, we're going too da- too deep down this rabbit hole. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> this is getting into yeah. like Marvel lore and Phase One and Phase oh Two, of how everything's connected to each other. And mm. <laughs> so we have this short episode of Vicar of Dibley, which is uh, Balikis Dibley, mm. in which the the premise for it is that. Father Peter Clifford has come over mm. to do an exchange with Geraldine Granger, uh, which we'll get onto in a bit. Mm. And Geraldine uh, talks about this is happening with um, David Horton, mm. and Geraldine's going, "Oh, he's he's just going to be a boring, unattractive Catholic priest," and opens mm. the door and whoo! Yeah, <laughs> she calls him Father figure. Wendy, doesn't she? Mm. Oh yeah, going back to Sister Wendy mm. and her art programs isn't it interesting that Geraldine is doing exactly what David Horton was doing before she arrived which is stereotyping and expecting what this pleasure person is going to be like David Horton assumed that Jerry was going to be a dude Um, bloke with a beard, Bible, bad breath (laughs) 
But Geraldine assumes that any Catholic priest must be old and withered yes. and boring. Mm. Um, yeah, which holy. Yeah. Set aside. Um, really interestingly, this is released um, just before series two of Vicar of Dibley and during series two of Bally Kiss Angel. Mm. Um, which is interesting. So where Geraldine is, is she's just been accepted by the community, sort of. Mm. Yeah. I guess Father Peter's in a similar place. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting that the premise is a clergy swap mm. because I'm I'm not quite sure how that would work i mean i mean it's a great Mm. thing to talk about for an episode but actually there are rules about who can um preside and do things so do things Mm. like communion and that kind of stuff in different churches and a a female ordained person in in the church of england Mm. would not be able to do anything over in a catholic church in ireland Mm. um the rules would be different for peter wouldn't it he'd be all right to preach and that kind of thing in the in the church mm. of england he would he wouldn't be able to preside i don't think it's less um. of a i read it as less of a clergy swap and more of a um experience exchange so mm. less of a vicar swap but mm. like we're going to in the interest of ecumenical relationships and so that these Catholic priests can meet female priests and actually, you know, we all realise that everything's okay, really, and we're all lovely. Um, yeah. We're going to do this experience exchange. So I imagine if Geraldine went over, she wouldn't be doing the vicar stuff, but she would be meeting people in the parish. She would be seeing, seeing what they do. Seeing yeah. what yeah. Father Peter's job is like, which, you know, actually, these aren't so rare... Like these do actually happen. We have things called I've got we've got someone coming to our patch for study leave from another part of the world. Wow. Um, yeah. And cool. we've had people come we had a Methodist come to visit our deanery to see what we were doing from a mes- an American Methodist came over. Um yeah, cool. So these sort of experience trips, stays do happen. You're making me think of those, you know, experience day packages that they sell in like WH Smith's where you can go and drive a Formula One car and come along and hang out in Dibley. Yeah. Yeah. £90. Mm. <laughs> I'd pay for that. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Because Peter does immediately get mm. that experience, doesn't he, Father Peter, of uh, of Dibley, where yeah. Geraldine's explaining that she has very yeah. normal, sensible yeah. parishioners. And then they, and then all, they all appear. <laughs> but, um, before we talk about that, um, I want to talk about having visitors in the vicarage. And particularly mm. when you get like a student on placement or um, one of these visiting clergy coming to see what you're doing, do you let them stay in your vicarage? Um, do you have sort of a set of unspoken rules in your head over who you'd say yes to and who you wouldn't? Because Geraldine's obviously said... You know, David Horton is offered, in a very roundabout way, offered to have this Catholic priest stay with him. And Geraldine says, oh, no, it's, it's nothing, there's going to be no problem with him staying with me because he's going to be an old man. If she'd known that he was a young man, 
Would she? Would she have changed her mind? Oh, she absolutely mind? would have had him stay with her. <laughs> but maybe David she would Horton have been, would have but yeah. stepped in yeah. a bit more. I, the truth is that the answer should have been no, right from the beginning, as a single ordained female clergy. And I only say this because I believe this is the inherited truth. Whether we disagree, mm. like it, blah, 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 that you can hash that out. When I was a single ordained female curate, um, me and my TI put some serious boundaries in place so that not even like my, this might sound a bit too far, but basically you have to appear as though nobody could ever get any misunderstandings about who was staying at your curatage, if you will. So obviously boyfriends, absolutely not. Male family members without their spouses or partners, probably not. What? Yeah. Unless it was like pre-agreed. So that like how you appeared was that you were whiter than white if that makes sense now i can see some fists of rage appearing i understand that and i have to say like i i i am more i'm very content that i trust Mm. myself and what goes on in the vicarage but there have been times when i've called the archdeacon and said look just the archdeacon is like um sort of uh, how do you describe the archdeacon they look after a an archdeaconry a wing of churches in the diocese so for example in peterborough diocese we have two archdeaconries like big areas um you know where there's churches within them oh gosh is that can anyone think of a better term well if anyone, oh, if anyone I, doesn't I know what an archdeacon, an archdeacon is, just... is like the supervisor yeah. of the parish clergy they mm. on behalf of the bishop they manage us they make sure that you know they're the one we turn to when we have problems and they're the one that kind of ones that kind of keep an eye on us yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah. And and they hold the legal boundaries. They have to do a lot of disciplining. Like, that's perfect. So when I, <laughs> I called him and said, look, just so you know, this was in COVID and I was really unwell. And Chris, mm. my now husband, came and lived at the vicarage for like nearly three months. Well, first of all, to look after the dog while I was in hospital, mm. but then afterwards to support me as I recovered. And I was like, just so you know, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, but he is here. and And I think that was because... I wanted him to know. And also in case any of my parishioners felt uncomfortable or had questions or even reported it, um, hopefully they'd speak to me before that. But everybody knew where we were, if that makes sense. But that's my that's where I've been from. What about for you guys or well, what do you make of that? For me, I so I probably wouldn't want to have um a single young man I don't know come to stay in my vicarage. But then yeah. like that's more of like to be honest, any strangers coming to stay the night as a single person, I don't think that's very safe. You know, I don't Defo. know who this person is. It just doesn't feel right. Family members? Yeah, my brother can come and stay with me. Like, it's just mm. anyone challenged me on that, I'll be like, you're disgusting, that's my brother. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah, and so, like, so there is part of me, having grown up in vicarages, that has, al- has always felt really on guard and really observed over if I've got male friends coming over to stay. Like, even when mm. I was a teenager, I didn't like bringing my male friends into the house because uh, the house was, like, really visible. It's, mm. like, the area. But at the same time, the feminist in me says, it's just nonsense. Like, because mm. I know nothing's happening. They know nothing's happening. Like, and, yeah... Yeah, 
Here comes the rage. <laughs> Here comes the rage. It's none of that. No one's business. So mm, people are so obsessed with the sex lives of clergy, mm. aren't they? And it is. I think it is part of this kind of forbidden fruit. Mm. And this is, you know, the assumption of uh, people. The assumption mm. that people have about different things. So, um, mm. yeah, I, mm. at the time uh, when I was a curate, I had uh, an other half and mm. there was uh, talk about whether they could come and stay over. And mm. um, it was all a bit like, oh, well, they, sh- mm, they, mm. Shouldn't, they should be in the spare room and I'm not really sure about it, but do you know what, it's yeah. okay, I'll trust you. Da, 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 da. Mm. And, and it's like... Well, part of the assumption is the only time you can have sex is in the evening mm. when you're staying in the house. <laughs> like, there's no mm. other boundaries for that. Um, and so I'd had fr- friends come and stay over who were mm. who just so happened to be male. And do you know what? There was one week where there were about three different people mm. who all came and stayed over. So my neighbours must have been like, flipping it, what business is she up to? <laughs> and part of me is thinking, do you know, it is none of your business. And I also yeah. get the kind of... You're supposed to be a, a pillar in the community and mm. uh, and live up to certain standards, but we're human and we're broken mm. and we're messed up and actually we uh, we just need to look mm. a bit more normal. I think with with lots of yeah. stuff and it it just makes me a bit cross. Yeah, mm. and you know, what? and the assumption is that it's the same sex as, uh, is different genders as well. Yeah, like, like I was yeah, going to say, let, let's call out the, the heteronormative. <laughs> like, like why mm. is it shady to have lots of men staying with you, male friends staying with you, and not like if you had a revolving door of young women, you know? Mm. Um, but also, <laughs> like, surely it's more deceptive to be meeting people in secret than to openly be having friends come to stay with you. Like, surely mm. it's much more of board if everyone can see that you've got friends coming to stay rather than yeah. you sneaking someone in through the back door. Yeah, yeah. I, it's all about having appropriate boundaries mm. for yourself and for others, isn't it? So, like, yeah. I would feel, like you said, Kate, I'd feel really weird about someone staying overnight who I didn't know very well. Mm. Obviously, unless it was, like, I don't know, super urgent or they were, you know, the trusted friend or partner mm. of someone else, obviously. Um, but visitors to the vicarage, it is, it is a difficult one. And I think it's different for different stages of your life. And, you yeah. know, if you're working with others, who lives in the house, whether you've got, you know, a spouse or children or other visitors, you know, it is, it is different. But I think, yeah, putting in appropriate boundaries with someone that you trust so that you can keep accountable if that's important yeah. to you with stuff is good. Um, but obviously, so it's like the, you know, the kind of sexual side, but mm. I guess there's also the kind of like safety side as well. Mm. Um, because that even goes for people not staying overnight. Like mm. there have been times when I've let people into the yeah. vicarage who I mm. shouldn't have done, if I'm honest. Mm. And um, yeah, and that's, I think that's a thing as well that is good to talk about sometimes just mm. to think about you know the kind of process you go through when someone rings the doorbell and is like I need to come in I need mm. to talk to you now like I need to please 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 let me in something urgent has happened mm. you know you can't always read people quickly enough to decide what's safe uh, mm. well one thing I was going to mm. say with all of this is we, we've just automatically talked about partners mm. um and um and, and friends but often sometimes we have people 
like in this episode, mm. where clergy come along or people who are training and things yeah. like that um, would come along to just kind of experience. So mm. whilst we were training, we went off to different mm. places and, and experienced stuff. Sometimes I stayed with the, the vicar because it mm. was people that I knew. And other times I stayed with someone else Um because sometimes actually it's quite nice to get that distance if you're yeah. working with someone to oh, not man, just spend yeah. all your time with them. Um, but, uh, I mean, we had someone come along who's an ordinant, who's someone training, who is a friend. And so, of course, he stayed at our house mm. and just hung out. And, yeah, it was great. You see, mm. I I couldn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I, I desperately need my own space mm. at the end of the day. Yeah. And I, I would do it, but I would, I would, it would be really costly for me. Like I do not, ha- I wish I did so much. Maybe the Lord will give it to me in time, but that natural gifting of like hospitality and hosting and be like, yeah, come and stay at ours. Da, da, da. Cause I'm so, I think it takes so much energy for me to think about what other people need that I don't ever, I can't do, I can't like replenish myself and other people. And maybe that's a bit mm. of an overstatement. I'm sure I will learn in time. Unless I know them really well, I'd find that mm. really tough. But yeah. the, the, that's the whole point of having a vicarage mm. is that there's a room for the vicar, there's a room for girl children, there's a room for boy children. And then the fourth room is meant to be like the bishop, isn't it? Whenever he or she decides to stay. That's historically why we're given these massive houses for hospitality. So I'm going to try and get that off. Yeah, and really interesting. When um, my dad um, was acting Bishop of Edmundsbury in Ipswich for a while while they were um, in a in a vacancy. And um, my dad, um, they kind of stayed, they, they, they camped essentially in the Bishop's Palace um, in Ipswich. And I went Ooh. to stay with them one time. And they had a whole kind of, there was a room, the only room which was furnished was the kind of official visitor's room. Yeah. Um, you know, for for people who were visiting the diocese, visiting the bishop, and that that was the only room that had beds. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, I slept in it once and then another time I slept on a camp bed in a different room. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And uh, the reason we're we're talking about this because mm. of the big thing that happens in this episode mm. that we have so far avoided is the kiss in <gasps> Bally. Oh my gosh, yeah. Bally kiss Dibley yeah. and Bally kiss Angel. And goodness me, suddenly, for charity, yeah. they're snogging. Snogatron. Well, it's not really snog, is it? They've let down their defences. <laughs> yeah. And they've had a couple of glasses of wine from the looks of it. Um, they've been having a chat. Um, uh, a heart to heart, villages, if you will. Um, I think commiserating of the madness of, um, <laughs> of their parishioners. Um, mm-hmm. and the theme of course is charity raising you had um, Alice has been dressed like a bee all day and um, and uh, <laughs> Hugo is finishing every sentence with wibble great idea um, wibble. and wibble. Geraldine or is it dibble it's wibble. Wibble. wibble it's wibble because it's a very like um, Blackadder uses that word as well wibble it's a funny mm. word um, it's a funny word they've got a creator in common um, Dibley and Blackadder I think um, oh right that maybe end up in a confessional as a correction, um, but um, Geraldine has purchased a um, a kit for selling kisses for charity. Snog for God, snog and for charity. God. <laughs> um, and she like it starts out with her. She's saying, "Oh, you know, actually, I I wish I was celibate, because um, then I wouldn't have 
had this stupid idea, but no one wants to kiss a vicar, do they? And oh. then Father Peter says, well, I'll give you no, a that wouldn't be appropriate. But, you know, if you asked me, I'd say, all <laughs> I've right. got a fiver. I've got a fiver. <laughs> well, he first of all, it starts with a pound coin, yeah. doesn't it? A pound yeah. for a kiss. And then he's only got a fiver, so he ramps up a bit. Before we get into that, can I just double check before I put my foot in it? And just for the listener's joy mm. as well. Have either of you ever done or taken part in a kissing booth for charity? No. Not even Why? in school. Have you? <gasps> no. Have you done it in school? There was there was no there was a kissing booth for charity at my school. Really? Can't remember. I think it was when we were in sixth form, yeah, but I didn't take part. There's um <laughs> nobody wants to kiss a pre vicar. <laughs> oh no. I think there's a weird well, thing about consent general. with a kissing booth and that yeah. kind of yes. thing. Because there's that Netflix film, isn't there, called Kissing Booth? Mm. And uh, I watched it first and was like, oh, lovely, you cute, you know, drama. And then I was like, mm, this is really messed up. But <laughs> so, but it works yeah. in Jerry's really favour, I suppose, this time. Sorry. But yeah, it is a strange concept because mm. you have to kiss the person for money, which is something yeah. we probably don't necessarily think is a great idea. But that's her way in. And I think it is innocent, actually. She gets out the packet. She talks about fundraising. They both feel good about it because there's obviously a little bit of, like you say, vibey chemistry there. One thing leads to another one. Five pound note is exchanged. What was it? A kiss on a hand, a kiss on a hand, a kiss on a cheek, a kiss on a cheek. Geraldine then makes a joke about kissing another couple of cheeks, but we skim over <laughs> that very quickly. And it's just the one kiss left, which is obviously a lip kiss. Mm. At which point, a sumpter turns up. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. Which and, hints that there's definitely a romantic yeah. connection then to come in Valley Kiss mm. Angel. Because a sumpter's really, really upset to find yeah. Father Peter snogging Geraldine. And I think probably feeling that he's being... Um, hypocritical in that yeah he's okay kissing miss vicar but maybe not kissing her um and then she she storms off but doesn't she give geraldine 20 quid as well well um she storms off and then he realizes his fiver is actually 20 oh, okay. quid that's it yeah um, <laughs> and so well she's like well in for a penny in for a pound yeah. or 20 yeah. pounds in this case and just leaps on him mm. over the sofa and that's where it ends isn't it that's so we never yeah. get to see what happens but because he's about to chase mm. after a sumpter and then they both get distracted by the 20 pound mm. note and then one thing leads to another as in yeah. the push do you push think... comes to shove sorry. sorry do you think that the reason <laughs> father peter is so okay with snogging Geraldine. Aside from the fact that this is a comedy skit and like And they've had wine. And they've had wine. Do you think it's because um they kind of have this knowledge between them that it's not anything more than a kiss? Mm, that's interesting. I have only one thing to say, Caitlin. Imagine going away on clergy conference or a clergy parish day away and potentially kissing one of your colleagues is it a thing or is it okay because they're clergy <laughs> and i think herein we find our answer no no I think... i'm not saying like but i'm just trying to like rationalize why because in that first episode of valley kiss angel when you've got the uh neve and her boyfriend turned fiance um asking about whether or not they can live together and yeah. he's like oh i'm a catholic priest i can't Condoning. Try before you buy. Um, yeah, but in this, he's all in. And it is. is yeah. It... <laughs> I think it's a moment of weakness. 
it feels a bit too intentional to be weakness to a moment of weakness to be honest <laughs> I but i do mean. i kind of understand what you're saying about mm. actually they're they're two clergy people they're both single they're well geraldine is definitely frustrated with this situation mm. um they're not going to see each other it's not like being at a clergy conference and you're going to bump into your <laughs> oh colleague every time. Unbear- honestly, unbearable. They live in different unbearable. countries and actually, yeah. It's so funny though. It is, it is strange. I guess it is, it's so hilarious and like we're all like, <gasps> like it is a big deal for comic relief special because it mm. is, it is a bit out there. It's also Dawn French's thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, snogging yeah. everyone. Yeah. yeah. She does love a kiss, doesn't she? Who doesn't? Um, well, yeah. quite a few people do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, it is, mm. it is good. Sorry. But that kind of leads us into my, my kind of musing about is it because they're both clergy and they've let their barriers down? Kind of leads us to something we hinted at earlier in this episode, which is when you are with other clergy, how you do you end up revealing things of yourself that you don't get to reveal to anyone else. And there is, I think within the college of clergy, as we call it, and that kind of friendship, you, you get to just, you know, funeral directors have a shared sense of humor. um, Service people in the army have a shared sense of humor. And I think that's true of clergy too. That kind of camaraderie. Definitely. There's something about just being able to, not have to explain mm. terms over and over again and mm. people just get it and know it and and I mean we've all been involved in you know hanging out together mm. on like t- together in person or on zoom or something like that having a drink together and just going mm. blah, 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 blah and just yeah. an easiness and a naughtiness that comes out with clergy <laughs> and and not having to watch yourself in a way that when you're with anyone else there's yeah. always a sense of I need to make sure that if I say this, I won't be misunderstood. And I've got to watch my behaviour to a certain extent. Where with other clergy, there's a certain just understanding that if I say this blasphemous thing, of course I don't actually mean it. <laughs> or if I say this thing which is, you know, indiscreet, I don't really mean it. You know, there's a sense of mm-hmm. you're allowed to let out those things, let out the blasphemy, let out the really dark <laughs> sense of humour, which you just can't yeah. do. But no, you're right, mm. Kate. There is something about um, being able to let loose a bit more, and because mm. when you're in church, you've got you're open about stuff to a degree, and I think actually openness and vulnerability mm. of clergy is really, really important and something that we should be doing. But you also need to protect mm. yourself as well, yeah. and talking to people who get it and can be there and there are certain things that I would not discuss in that kind of thing so if there's safeguarding things yeah. going on actually you can't talk about that and mm. I wouldn't um, but it the, there are, there's something about letting off steam isn't it I think we all need those kind of outlets and just it's a mutual healthy. support of someone who's in a similar situation and so you have um, Geraldine and Father Peter commiserating and comparing experiences um, and maybe they've just decided, you know what, I really want a snog with someone who's not going to start projecting onto me or who is uncomplicated. Like, because Geraldine, this option is what, where we find out in season two is Owen. Oh, yeah. That was mm. such a bad idea. 
Um, Owen, who apparently used to go to a girls' Catholic school, <laughs> according to <sighs> Ballykiss Dibley. Yeah, that was that was also weird. How he creepily mm. snick, snuck into there. Mm. Overall, what did we think of the Ballykiss Dibley comic relief special? Yay or nay? Did we enjoy it? Yes. It's not the best comic relief yeah. special, I don't think. I think they but get it, better. If it's the first, you know. Yeah. Do you know fun. what? I've just thought, if you were brand new to The Vicar of Dibley and you were introducing it to your friend, mm. you were proposing it as a great series to watch, and you watch that little 10-minute, mm. in some ways you get a glimpse of almost like <laughs> all most the of the chiefs, yeah. all yeah. the characters and a lot of chief themes. Yeah, There's yeah. a load of kissing, a load of awkwardness, a load of hilarity. Here it is in 10 minutes. But yeah, I definitely did. I, de- I did enjoy it. And I loved actually watching the first episode of Bally Kiss Angel mm. and then seeing uh, Bally Kiss Dibley straight after. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I'm so glad because when we were planning this, we were a bit like, oh, this is a bit, what's Bally Kiss yeah. Angel? And, I was oh, like, Ballykiss oh, that sounds Dibley, really weird. Like, yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, I also really enjoyed I repent. Bally Kiss Angel. Um, I might watch more. Yeah. yeah, I did. See, find I'm not myself. sure I will. <gasps> really? <laughs> In contrast to you two, that's what I wanted you guys to say first. <laughs> but I, it didn't hook me in in the same way for the first episode. Maybe if I watched a few mm. more, not even the tease of a will they won't they with mm. Assumpter and and Father Peter, which normally always gets me in. I'm mm. a bit like, nah. I think it's the sort of thing I would enjoy watching and then discussing with Jenny. Like, it's, it's like, there we go. I think for me, it's, I need to have someone like who I can make fun of how slow Father Peter talks. With, like, because, so, uh, yeah. listen out for our new spin off podcast, which is just Jenny and Kate talking. Yeah. Ballykiss Vickers. <laughs> I have to say, I did find myself Googling the cost of the box set series mm. one to six. So, who knows? <laughs> Father Christmas may bring me a little gift in his sack this year. Oh, Ballykiss Angel. <laughs> Ballykiss Angel is Here we a yay come. from some of us and an A from some of us. But what do you think, dear listener? Yeah. yeah. And let us know. Let us know. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Vickers Watch Dibley. Thank you to Toby for editing our ramblings. Any views expressed in this podcast are our own and don't necessarily represent those of the Church of England or any other organisations with which we are affiliated. And as always, bless you for listening. What do you call a whale not wearing underpants? Well... A free willy. (laughs) (laughs) 